Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second part of our two-part series with Humphrey Yang. Mr. Yang, on your videos, you've talked about Fundrise and yeah. um, real estate and using that to get exposure into real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think using Fundrise or REITs or real, real estate investment trusts, which way do you think is a better way for students for long-term investment into real estate? Yeah, so Fundrise is a startup that basically invests in REITs for you, and then they basically manage the REIT portfolio for you, and they charge you a fee because of that. Now, I would say if you're just trying to get exposure into real estate via the stock market, then just buy REITs that you are that you yourself do due diligence on. That is probably the the cheaper way to do it. But if you want like a service like Fundrise, they will do it for you, but they will charge you. I think it's like 065 percent per year on your on your investment, which at lower amounts of money is not incredibly a lot. Of, it's not a huge fee at all, but I think for the person or the investor that's trying to minimize min max their investments, like they would be better served just buying like three to five different REITs um, if they wanted exposure to real estate. But I also would say for students, if you have less than like 10 K, you probably shouldn't be investing in the market anyway. Like, there's really no point in investing in the market if you have like $100. Because like at $100, you get 10% on your 100 bucks, you make 10 bucks in a year, and then you still owe technically taxes. I don't think you would report taxes on $10 of earnings, but like your $100 is much better spent like trying to learn something new so that you can go make more money. Same thing with a thousand even. I think even a thousand dollars is still too low to invest in the market. But as soon as you have like a more consistent, reliable income source where you're like, okay, I can start to put in like 200 bucks every two weeks into the market. That's when you should start your account. Um, but if it's like, if you only had a thousand dollars, like a lot of people are like, oh, well, if I only have a thousand dollars, I'll just put it all in the market. I'm like, no, like that thousand dollars is better like being spent on like 500 bucks on like a course that teaches you something that so you can learn more money or earn more money. So you were talking about like skills that you can learn or courses that you can take to yeah. make more money, but are there any that you'd like say are better than others or any that you'd like recommend? Yeah, I think it depends what you're interested in. So like for me, I had like an email marketing business for a while and I took an email marketing course and I thought that was extremely helpful. Um, I've taken like four YouTube courses in my life and I think those were extremely helpful. Like every time I take a course, I learn something and I apply it to like video creation. Um, <clears throat> um, there are plenty of like other courses that you can take. Like if you're into like copywriting, I'm sure there's a like a copywriting course online that you could take. And then you can go like try to get clients for copywriting, um, editing, for example, just like so much that you can learn online. So first I would try to go without a course. So I'd try to YouTube everything, Google everything try to find like free resources. And then I would like, if I want to level up even more, then I would try to figure out, okay, this course looks like it can really teach me a lot of stuff that I can then sell to somebody else, like sell my skills off to somebody else where I could work for them and earn like a much better hourly rate than say, you know, working at the mall. So today I have many friends that want to get invested in the stock market or whatever like anything yeah. and um it's it's just incredibly challenging for most of us but just because we see that the markets today are increasingly volatile um is there any advice that comes to mind that young investors would benefit from during these current markets 
Yeah. So it, the market always goes in these cycles where it will become volatile at some point and you will lose money. Um, but you know, if you pull up the S and P 500 graph since 1980, you can see that the general trend is upward. There are definitely some periods of dips, some valleys, for example, and a long, long stretches of like, just it, it, it'll trade flat for a really long time. But if you consistently invest and your time horizon as a young person is like 50 years. So like, you're not going to, you just, hopefully you don't need all that money until like you're 65, for example. Um, in general, the market does trend upward as companies, you know, as companies expand, as the economy expands and as the, you know, as the stock market reflects that. Um, I would say if you're young and you're getting into investing, there's going to be a lot of temptation to like try to gamble it. And the stock market can act as a casino sometimes. Like if you're just buying options or you're, or you are trying to sell short or you buy on margin, like these are all things that they're there, but I don't think that anybody should be using them. Uh, especially just if you're just an average investor. I think the best thing that you can do as a young person is like I said, increase your income, start setting aside your money for investing. And then when you are investing, invest it in diversified stuff. Uh, as a formal financial advisor, is there are there any uh, certain majors that you would recommend to students who want to become more involved in finance and economics? Yeah, I think economics will always be a great degree. Finance, if you can get it, will be a great degree. Math is also a great degree because a lot of financial industries require math. And like, if you're a math PhD, or sorry, not a math PhD, a math, a math major, like I think that also goes pretty far in the financial world. But ultimately, I don't think the major matters as much as like your your individual want to do it. And I think that people get into like the finance field for usually the wrong reasons after school. I know that I, I probably was trying to get into finance for the wrong reasons. Like I just wanted to make a bunch of money quickly. And like you hear of all like these investment bankers making tons of money out of college, but um, a lot of them will burn out in like two years. And like, so the number of like investment bankers that I knew that started, let's say there's like 10 of them that start. I would say there's only one of them that's still doing it now. And so that kind of shows you, and like the other nine just pivot to like different types of industries. It kind of just shows you like a lot of people are in it for what they view like wealth creation early on. And then they realize what the work is like and what the hours are like. And then also like, you know, it's not the most fulfilling type of work, I think sometimes. And I think that that can be really tough for people. And so then they switch. Um, and I, I don't know if the matter the major matters that much, as opposed to just like getting like internship experience at different types of financial firms. Like that probably goes a longer way. And the way that you would get that is either through a, a connection or by like cold emailing or by like a lot of just like applying. But generally, you need to stand out somehow to get those roles, like even on an internship. But that standoutness could even just be as simple as like an, an a really good a really good cold email, where like you say you know what you're interested in, why you're a little bit different than the other candidates and stuff like that. Oh, so you said that you shouldn't get into the world of finance if you want to make a ton of money. 
like there you should have a different reason like why else do people get into finance is are there other reasons i guess that's a really good question i think that it's funny because like the people that I know now that are still into finance, they like get a thrill out of like solving problems related to finance. It's almost kind of weird. Like they're trying to solve, like uh, I have a friend, he's in private equity and he's always like, his mind just works in a way where he wants to solve puzzles. And so like he gets a thrill out of like figuring out how to like structure a deal in a way to make it work. And he also enjoys the side of like the negotiation side with the clients. And so, but at the end of the day, like, and he also enjoyed like seeing how businesses were structured in a way where like that he could read a balance sheet, like, oh, like this business is doing so well because of X, Y, Z. Like he kind of got like a thrill out of like what makes a company better than another versus other people might look at a balance sheet or a profit and loss statement and be like, this is boring. You know what I mean? Uh, both people are in that same position. Like when he was making financial models at his investment bank, he was like loving it. He was like, oh my God, this this company is doing way better than this company because of these certain reasons. But then his like associate might just be like, oh, I'm just making a model so that I can make my paycheck. You know, it's very different. It's like, do you have, are you just naturally interested in in that sort of thing? But I think in the beginning, a lot of people do get into it just for money, for sure. And even, even to this day, my private equity friend will be like trying to figure out how to make the most out of the money that he has, right? Like, so he's trying to beat the the risk-free rate. The risk-free rate right now is around 4.5 to 5%. And he's just trying to figure out how do I get an extra one or 2%? Like, that's the whole game for him. It's like, how do I beat the risk-free rate by just a couple percentage points? Because to him, that's a lot. And even at, when you operate with tons of money, that's even... It's, it's huge. That's a whole game of finance. But um, if you just wanted money, there's definitely other ways to just make money. And I think that you'll find, I think when I was younger, I thought by having money, it would solve a lot of our my problems or anything like that, or, you know, like similar sentiment to that, but really it doesn't. Like, it, it's the same. Like your life is pretty much the same. Like, yeah, you can afford some nicer luxuries. Like you can go eat out and like maybe buy a pair of shoes that you like. But at the end of the day, it's like, I thought having a lot of like having money, having more money would solve my problems when I was like 16. And it doesn't, it's like the same. It's it. Yeah. That's, that's the tough part. I think that's the tough part to figure out. Okay, uh, I think that's all of our questions. So unless you have any final comments, then I think we're good. No, I don't. Um, that was that was fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you well, so thank much you for meeting with us. Yeah, for sure.